It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The MLB Draft Combine has finished and the College World Series is in full swing. Who is moving up and down the draft boards? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, the MLB Draft Combine concluded. Um, lots of great stuff. You got to we got like 12 hours of content on MLB Network for it, all kinds of news and notes and things. So I kind of wanted to take a second, talk about some of the guys who improved their draft stock, and then a couple guys who haven't helped themselves, in whether it's a college postseason or things like that. So uh, coming out of the combine, let's start with position players. Um, something where... Didn't necessarily improve his draft stock because he's already up there, but kind of solidified his place is Cam Collier, the third baseman uh, from Chippewa Junior College in Florida. So, reminder, he's a guy, he was a 2023 prep prospect, reclassified to 2022, graduated early, and went to junior college in what would have been his junior season of high school. Okay, then went to the Cape Cod League at age 17. Played well. Um, so, like, youngest player I can remember doing that. So, he went, uh, started off in the Cape Cod League. Three for nine. Three walks in his first three games. Then flew to San Diego to appear at the draft combine. And took a batting practice. Had a really good, um, really good round of batting practice. And it's something where uh, he wasn't trying to just crush the ball and hit home runs. Uh, just kind of showed a fluid left-handed stroke, was barreling the ball just, just just about every time. I'm trying to see here. I think when it came to the uh the hard hit was it the hard hit percentage, he was up there in like the top 15 for the whole thing, which is great. Uh especially from such a young player. So something you'll love to see solidified his spot as uh one of the top prospects, and definitely a top 10 pick in this draft. Another guy who happened to do that as well was Tamar Johnson, the second baseman out of Mays High School in Atlanta. He was the highest rated prospect to come and participate in the workouts. Um, Very good batting practice. It was something where he was pulling the ball. It felt like he didn't have to actually work that hard on it. Could have been like you could easily in a different draft see him as the number one overall pick in this thing. Um. I mean, there. I've seen some stuff where they're actually giving 80 grades to his hit tool. Um, it's more of a 70 to me, but like I've seen some scouts give him an 80 grade, which is obviously like elite. Uh, so I think the only really necessarily knocks against him is one, he's he's listed at 5'10", 175, and I don't think he's 5'10". Uh, and so there's a little bit of question about how much power is going to grow in. The projection is... 
25 to 30 homers, which you love from a guy who's like 5'9". Um, I do think he's going to end up as a second baseman versus a shortstop. Uh, his arm, his his speed, it's average to above average. It's not necessarily plus. And so I do think at the end of the day, he ends up being a second baseman. Now he's going to be an all-star second baseman if he works out. But I think it's more likely he's a second baseman than a shortstop. And that's probably what's going to keep him from being a number one or number two overall pick in a draft that didn't have a Drew Jones and a Jackson Holiday in it. Uh, but it looked very good. Um, another guy who is now climbing up the boards a bit after such a really good um, really good combine is Jared Jones, uh, catcher out of Marietta, Georgia, prep catcher, obviously. Uh, and this is something where he's he's got a lot of power. He's a big kid, 6'5", 230. And... Uh, very, very good, like above average raw power. The question is how good is the hit tool? And this is something we've talked about recently about how a lot of teams now think that the hit tool is, or that hitters are born, not made. There's only so much a team can do to unlock uh, a hitter's potential versus a pitcher where you can take a guy who has tools and you can mold him into a pitcher. And so, uh, he he did answer some of that. He had um, four of the seven highest exit belows of the entire um, batting practice. I topped at like 109.6. Had the two longest home runs, 462 and 442, as far as feet goes. Really good bat speed. Was able to catch up to Velo a little better than they had expected. There was questions about how he could handle Velo and then a premium breaking pitch. So... Was able to catch up to the veal a little bit better. Um, just kind of see him climbing up boards. He's going to be almost 19 on draft day, which is an issue. His birthday's August 1st. Um, uh, if he were to go to college, if he were not to get drafted or get drafted later and choose to go to college, he's committed to LSU. He would be a draft-eligible sophomore based on his age in 2024. Um, but uh, he is climbing up the boards. They are comfortable with what he looked like. And then... Third baseman Jason Jones, uh, another another prep um, guy here. Kind of same thing as far as just showing out the huge power. He won a home run derby at uh, the Baseball Factory All-America game. But he hit more 400-foot home runs than anybody in the batting practice. He had four. He had two of the four best exit velos of the whole thing, 110.9, 109.6. And so... He was, I mean, he was a guy where, because he has defensive questions, he's considered to be kind of like a third or fourth round overall pick, but um, did show that the the power is as good as advertised. The hit tool isn't, isn't as bad as expected. The swing's a little bit shorter than it used to be, and so he can cover more of the plate. He can get in there. He can use the entire field. He can catch up to pitches some. Um but he does necessarily like need a young player does need to work a bit on one keeping the physical conditioning. He's already started to slow down a little bit. Some of his times weren't as great. Um, and and a guy that that struggles a little bit against premium spin, which a lot of players do, especially players that young. You know, your 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 high schoolers and all of that. But a guy who is climbing up really well. 
And then somebody who... It's going to be surprising because we actually had them in our mock draft as a first rounder. But Spencer Jones, the outfielder out of Vanderbilt. Uh, the comp was Aaron Judge. And the comp for Aaron Judge is because he's six foot seven and plays in the outfield. But there's been questions about Spencer Jones uh, and his ability to translate his hit tool into games. Um, it's something where... He had he had TJ, uh, finally has become just a full-time outfielder now. Uh, but he swings and misses too much against balls that are not fastballs. He's been a fastball hitter. Um, he sticks opposite field almost to a fault. And some of the things you saw at the combine, he was more, more pull side. Um, averaged 103.6 exit velo. Um, had the hardest, hardest hit ball at 112. And so showed that he's got bat speed, he's got leverage, but showed that he was willing to use the pull side more. He's not been just stuck into that opposite field um, insistence there that he had. And then uh, a guy who's actually hurt his stock a little bit, still think he's going to be a first rounder, but hurt his stock a little bit is Jace Young, the second baseman from Texas Tech. Um, we've heard him as, you know, go into the season as reigning Big 12 Player of the Year, one of the considerations to be a top 10 draft pick. Well, he's not had a super outstanding season. It's been fine. Uh, But in the Big 12 tournament and then in regionals, when it mattered the most, struggled a bit. 5 of 24, so batted 208. Uh, And I think just a little bit of the shine is off of Jace Young. Not saying he's a bad player, not saying he's not going to be a first rounder, but rather than being in consideration to be in that top ten, uh, I think he's kind of, kind of, probably going to fall to the middle of the middle to later in the first round. Uh, do still see him going in the first round, but something where recency bias is a thing. Uh, a lot of teams will look at what you've done just recently and then what you've done against high level competition. And obviously, like I said, he struggled a little bit against that high level competition. So, falling off a bit. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the pitchers uh, and some of what they have done at the Combine and how they've moved up the board. But first, as I mentioned up the top, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. There are so many makes and models of cars, it's virtually impossible for your local chain auto parts store to have everything in stock. So what's going to happen is you're going to go inside that store, wait in line, get to the counter, they're going to ask you all those annoying questions. Hey, is this an LX or an EX? Is it a sport? Does it have this package or not? They're going to do all of that stuff. And then when you get done with all of that, they're going to go back into the back half of the building where you can see all the tall shelves and none of the lights are on. And they're going to go look around for about five or minutes. And they're going to come back and say, hey, we don't have it. We can order it for you. It'll be here in two weeks. Well, if they're going to do all that anyway, just save time and money and do it with Rock Auto. You can um, save 30%, 50%, even like 100% or more from, you know, from buying the same part from a chain store or a car dealership because Rock Auto is a family business serving DIYers for over 20 years with reliably low prices for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so some of the the pitchers who have dramatically increased um their their standing and and everything after the combine a couple guys here 
Um, first one I've got is Jacob Mizorowski. So was probably the most impressive um, pitcher at the Combine. Junior college guy. And um, in his bullpen, he threw eight fastballs. Those were the eight fastest fastballs thrown at the entire Combine. Average of 99.8 miles an hour. Topped out at over 100. Almost 101. Um, he's big guy, 6'7", uh, and it's something where, I mean, you know, 6'7", 190, uh, he's committed to transfer to LSU. So it's something where he doesn't necessarily have to go, but, um, the whole reason he ended up going to junior college was, um, he had a hamstring injury going into his senior season, which he lost, obviously, and then, Last year, when he at junior college, because he didn't have a, you know, he he wasn't going to D one, um, he tore his meniscus in his knee, and he ended up missing just about the entire season. So, uh, this year, like I said, one of the best performers as far as fastball, like the velocity, but then also the spin rate. So the peak spin rate was like twenty eight hundred RPMs on the fastball. The average was like almost twenty seven hundred. So absolutely had um, a lot of spin, great carry to it because of that. Had two of the three hardest sliders that were thrown, 90.3 miles an hour, 89.3. Just when you go look at the list of like highest velocities, like I said, all of the, all eight fastballs he threw were the eight hardest thrown of the entire combine. Um, seven of of the 10 fat, like highest spin rates for fastballs were his. The second highest breaking ball spin rate was also his. So just showed that his stuff is electric. And part of the reason why I think he hasn't necessarily been as well talked about was there was questions about, one, he only really had those two pitches. And then two, um, the command. So part of it is he's got those long levers, right? So he struggles to necessarily command everything all the time. And then he needs to build a little more strength so that he can be consistent with that delivery. Um, I think he... There's some scouts who want to see him go to LSU and spend a year working on some of this stuff before they draft him. There's a couple scouts who think he's perfectly fine right here, and he could be a second or third round pick right now. Uh, I think he did nothing but help his case. He's probably going to end up climbing a little bit. Another guy, Connor Prelip, the lefty out of Alabama. Connor Prelip's a guy... Uh, we talked about him when we've talked about all of the college pitchers and how so many of them have been hurt. Connor Prelip uh, had had Tommy John, you know, had got hurt in his first start last year. Had surgery last May, so he's had a so he's had a, a year now to recover. He threw a bullpen right before the SEC tournament. Came to the draft combine. His slider is one of the better pitches. Um, yeah, his his slider is one of the better pitches right now uh, here. So that um, when you look at the spin rates, he was actually number one for breaking ball spin rates. He broke 3,000 RPM. And then as you look through what else that he did, it is obvious that that he is now healthy. That's you know that that slider can hit 90. It's got break in two different planes. So it's like so it's something where as it gets to the plate, it just completely disappears. 
Um, the fastball kind of hits 95. It likes to go downhill as well, so it's something you can miss bats with it. Uh, I think as he continues to heal, he's going to be able to pick up some additional velo. Uh, the changeup is low to mid-80s. Um, it could be better. I think the changeup's not that great, but I think the slider is one of the better sliders in the class. Definitely the best college slider in the class. Uh, and I think he's probably going to be the first... I'm still going to call him an injured college pitcher, even though he's really not. But he's still going to be—he's he, going to be a first-round pick and one of the first college pitchers off the board because the Tommy John recovery is going so well. Uh, I do still think whatever team gets him will probably keep him out of fall ball, but he will—and he will go to instructs and then make his debut next year. But I feel good about where Connor Prelip is right now. And then Brock Porter, uh, Brock Porter, the right right-hand pitcher, um, out of. Michigan, uh, he was just named the Gatorade National Baseball Player of the Year. He is continuing to play. He's actually playing for a state championship, uh, I believe, in the upcoming week or so. And so um, I, I very much feel like he's been going up. Right now, um, I believe he is 8-0 ERA of like .3, 109 strikeouts in 51 innings. Uh, the opposing batting average allowed is like .056. Now, some of the caveat, I don't quite know the skill of high school baseball in um, in Michigan compared to some of the more traditional baseball-heavy areas of the country like California or Texas or Georgia. Uh, but I do know that, I mean, this is... There are plenty of Gatorade players of the year from traditional baseball states. And for the fact... Um, and the last time that somebody from a non-traditional baseball state won it... Uh, it was Rick Purcello who won it in 2007 out of New Jersey. I think he had a pretty decent career. So, you feel good about that. A guy who has um, slipped down the board a little bit and just kind of based off of some of his recent struggles is going to be Alex Williams, uh, the starter for Stanford. Pac-12 pitcher of the year, actually kind of an upset beating out Cooper Yerpe from Oregon State. Uh, but it's almost like right after that happened, he struggled. So, his last four starts... Uh, culminating in his loss at the College World Series against Arkansas on Saturday. His last four starts, so versus Arizona in the um, Pac-12 tournament, uh, four and two-thirds, eight hits, four runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Took him almost 100 pitches to go through four and two-thirds. Against Texas State in the regionals, four and two-thirds, five hits, five runs, two walks, Took him 116 pitches to get through that. Five strikeouts, but still. Uh, gave up three home runs there. Hit two batters. And then uh, in the Supers against UConn, against Connecticut. One and a third innings. Seven hits, seven runs, six of them earned. Uh, no walks, one strikeout. Gave up four doubles and a home run. And 44 pitches didn't make it out of the second inning. And then just recently against Arkansas on Saturday in the College World Series, four and a third, eight hits, five runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, Gave up a home run and a triple, a hit by pitch, 85 pitches. And so a guy that was looking like he was going to be one of the higher college pitchers to come off the board, had done a little bit of relief, but mostly um, mostly started. For Stanford, looked really solid. Had some great outings early in the year. I mean, he went, he went uh, at Oregon State, 
six and a third, six hits, no runs um, on April 1st. Like, had some good outings against some good teams, and then just for some reason, the year has fallen off of a cliff. So a guy who's dropped in the draft a bit there. Just a minute, I want to get to some of the biggest question marks remaining in this draft. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You know how they're always coming out with like new flavors, uh, like the Rocky Road and things like that, birthday cake. Well, um, this one, Mud Pie. And for the first time, they've done the new flavor in both a bar and a puff. So obviously, we know the bars are the protein bars. The puffs are the protein-infused marshmallows. And if you don't know what a mud pie tastes like, and if you're a chocolate fan, this is for you. So the bar is uh, whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. So you've got to try it. And the thing is, you have to do it rather quickly because the mud pie bar and the mud pie buff are only available for a limited time. Um, you know, they're all low calorie, high protein, low sugar. I pulled... Uh, I pulled the bar, 16 grams of protein, 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar. Uh, if you've never had a mud pie, the flavor is spot on with exactly what a traditional mud pie would taste like, except this is good for you. It's healthy and tasty. You're going to love it. Uh, again, it's chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. So you need to order it because it's a limited time thing. You can actually, if you want, you can get a box of mud pie bars and puffs together. Uh, so right now, go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So some of the biggest questions remaining in the MLB draft, uh, kind of like the top three, we never have clarity as far as what's going to happen. Just understand that more so than any other sport, the MLB draft is very much, because money and the slotting is so much of a concern, there's tons of questions and we never know what's going to happen. But here are the three biggest things that we that we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Is uh number 1, what is Baltimore what is Baltimore going to do at number 1? So, we know that that same bucket. We talked about this on yesterday's show, how like that, that bucket of top 6 players. It is a known quantity. We all know what the top 6 players are going to be. Uh you know that you've got the high school bats, you've got Drew Jones, you've got Elijah Green, Jackson Holiday, and Tamar Johnson. And then for college hitters, you've got Brooks Lee, the shortstop from Cal Poly, and Jacob Berry, the third baseman from LSU. We kind of know that's um, that's the bucket that they're looking at uh, for the number one overall pick. Cam Collier, I think, like I mentioned in the first segment, Cam Collier deserves to be in that bucket as well. I think he's shown that, so it's a top seven, really. Uh, Jacob Berry's probably the one who's most likely to fall out of that bucket. But we don't know what the Orioles are going to do at number one. A couple times in the past recently, they have taken a college player number one overall, or not number one overall, with their number one pick to save a bit of money so they can go out and get a couple different prep players with high bonus demands and sign them. Um, I don't know if that same calculus holds here, simply because there are uh, so few college players that are deserving of the number one overall pick, and there's no college pitchers anywhere in the top 15, if you ask me. So I've seen Drew Jones. If you're going high school, I feel like Drew Jones absolutely is the guy to take. If you're not going, if you're going college, I've seen stuff about like Brooks Lee. Being the pick, there were rumors that Jacob Berry had a deal 
or had discussed a deal with the Orioles prior to when he got hurt. Um, I think he's, for the most part, healthy now, but I still don't necessarily think they're going to go that route. I think if they end up taking um, a college player, it's going to be somebody at a position of need that can get to the big league level rather quickly. And I say that knowing that we've talked on this show about you don't draft for need, you draft best player available, but when you're at number one overall, you can pick whoever you want. Um, I think if they go a high school player, it's going to be um, Drew Jones. That's He just seems to me to be the obvious. If you're taking a guy at number one, you're taking him. Uh, if they go college player, I see it being Brooks Lee, the shortstop from Cal Poly. Um, I think they would love to have a quick-moving shortstop in the system uh, that could show, prove to be a high-level talent. Again, I do think they can save a little. Now, you're not going to lowball him, but you can save a little bit of money versus what it would take to to sign uh, one of the the premier prep players at number one overall, and then use that massive bonus pool to pick up a little bit extra talent in the draft that has signability questions. So that's the biggest. That's, that's the number one big question for the draft. The number two big question for the draft is what happens with Kumar Rocker. Okay, we've seen Kumar Rocker now start twice for the Tri-City Valley Cats in the Frontier League. Um, we've seen the Velos, we've seen him throw 95, 97, 99. He's looked pretty good. Um, you know, I I think that like the, the slider is showing mid to upper 80s. He got one at like 89. Um, he pitched four innings in the first start, six strikeouts, 43 of his 60 pitches were strikes, three hits. Uh, two runs. One of them was a was a home run. Didn't walk a batter. Did hit a guy. Had a little bit of command questions there, but it was pretty good for his first time, first competitive baseball in a year. Uh, his second start reportedly was a little bit better, and so it shows that he's healthy. It shows that he's he's doing well. I do think the big question here is going to be the medicals. Uh, there. Teams are going to have questions about the medicals. If a team like the Mets, who has extra money to burn, was not willing to take him or sign, give him a signable offer at all in the first round last year, uh, I do think he's going to fall down the board a bit, but I do think there's going to be some team that takes a shot on him in the first round because it's obvious that he can pitch. Uh, and then... I think the other question is going to be who are the first pitchers off the board, both prep and college. Um, I think Brock Porter, as we mentioned in the second segment, I think Brock Porter's probably the top prep arm in the class right now. Uh, he's the guy that looks like he's doing pretty well. Um, I could see a Brandon Barrera. We talked about him last week, how he's pulled himself uh, out of competition just to try to... Um, prepare for the draft and not suffer an injury that would make him fall down the boards, a TJ, things like that. Um, if somebody's mocking Brandon Barrera or uh, Brock Porter somewhere around 10 to 12, I'm fine with it. I think that's probably a right place for him or for, for either one of those guys. If somebody mocks one of them to the Angels at 13, know that that's just lazy. They looked and saw the Angels drafted 19, uh, 20 pitchers last year and gave them a pitcher here, ignoring the fact that 19 of those 20 drafted were college pitchers. I don't think the Angels are going to take a prep pitcher at 13. Just throwing that out there. When it comes to um, college pitchers, 
fallen back a little bit. You've got a couple guys. You've got um, Justin Campbell from Oklahoma State might be the first guy. Cooper Yerpe for Oregon State, the lefty, might be the first guy. I wouldn't discount Connor Prelip. Connor Prelip was in contention to be the number one pick in the draft this year before the Tommy John. Uh, looked good at the uh, the bullpen he threw before the SEC tournament. Looked good at the combine. As long as the medicals check out, I think Connor Prelip has a good chance at being the first college pitcher off the board. Either way, really excited to see how this draft unfolds. Stay tuned to Locked on MLB Prospects. We're going to have um, every like everything we can find as far as news and notes about the draft, going over mocks and things like that. Uh, as soon as the College World Series is over, we'll start reaching out to some of these prospects to have them on to talk draft. Um, so if there's somebody that you want to come onto the show, tweet at us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Hearing that you want to have them on is really helpful when we reach out to them and ask them to come on the show. Say, hey, we had 23 people reach out or we had you know 5% of our listeners um, reach out and ask for this for you to come on. You're the most demanded person we want on the show. So if there's somebody you want to hear, uh, tweet at us, email it. If you're on YouTube, leave it in the comments below. Uh, but until we do that, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.